Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Hebrews 10. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, Here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to be established the second. And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, Sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, 
no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sacrificed them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confession of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous one will live by faith and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Encouragement in the faith comes not just from Jesus. There's huge encouragement from him. His character and his identity and his provision for us is immense. The last nine chapters have called us to dwell on them, fix our eyes on them, and be encouraged and strengthened and fueled by them. And they have been good. They have been great. But that isn't the end of it. We also encourage one another. God has put the world together in such a way that people depend on people. Brothers and sisters in faith depend on brothers and sisters in faith. The calling of every man and every woman is to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We have in our souls an intrinsic need to meet one another regularly and consistently, to give of ourselves to encourage one another and strengthen one another. That is how God has made us. And yet... We naturally shrink back from it. For a range of reasons, we shy away from meeting together. When we say meeting together, what we mean is actual open, honest, generous engagement rather than just being in the same room. We come up with explanations of why it's best for us or even for others if we don't go today or don't share this or that particular thing. We find ourselves swaying towards isolation, but that way is death. Life is found in leaning into one another in attending small group, in praying with two or three others, in coming on a Sunday, in daring to speak out, in daring to expose ourselves and let others expose themselves to us. Meeting together is saying, I am a filthy sinner, and having others say, yes, that's true, but you're also loved and you're also being made pure. 
So take up your forgiveness, grasp hold of your inheritance and get back out there and do what God is calling you to do. Let's not give up on meeting together like that. Let's not give up on pressing into this. Life is found leaning into one another, in spurring one another on. We go further than we could ever, ever go alone. In one another is encouragement, essential encouragement in the faith. Here's a question for reflection. Have you been making decisions that lead towards isolation? Could you choose to expose your true self to others in church and let them expose their true selves to you? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.